0: So, Marco went a-hunting then, and hunting the Norse, no less. Yeah, yeah. as has been mentioned in passing, there was an old Norse settlement up the coast called Skegi, and Marco intended to enter the waters near the port in search of prey, although he didn't actually know where the port was exactly. Alas, I do not know much more than that about the uh, settlement of Skegi itself, though. And neither did Marco, according to my grandpapa. Ah, well, I think I can help you out there. I've actually spent quite a bit of time in Skeggy. What? Yeah? Please tell us more, Master Tavern Keeper. I am all ears. Oh, well, if you insist. I will have that refill then. Thank you, Apprentice Morelli. Well then, after my stint circumnavigating the Southlands with my tutor, he and I parted company, and I began to forge my own path in the Old World. A year or so later, it happened that I fell in with some Norse, and joined them on their whaling ship to begin a career hunting and tonguing. Oh yeah? You're a man after my own heart. I've certainly done plenty of that down at the docks with the young sailor. Oh no, oh no, I think you're thinking of something else. Tonging means cutting up a whale's flesh into strips. These are then cut into smaller pieces and rendered down in large pots to obtain the precious whale oil. The whole process is pretty smelly from start to finish, but you soon get used to it. We used to sell the oil to the cities of the empire with me, acting as the uh, liaison officer and interpreter. It was a uh, pretty lucrative, if somewhat dangerous, business, truth be told. Ah, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, but that is boring. I think I prefer my meaning. Much more fun. Don't you think, Apprentice Morelli? Hmm, no doubt. But let's leave that particular topic for the moment, eh? I think I'll just continue on with uh, talking about skeggy. Now, the Norse are a very misunderstood lot, for whom I have a lot of respect. The sea shanties I sang on those long days, searching the Sea of Claws for whale sign, will stay with me forever. Oh, there once was a ship that put to sea, and the name of that ship was the Higoni. The winds blew hard, the waves rose up, blow foul winds, oh blow. Well, soon may the ever-chosen come To bring us glory and freedom One day when the killing is done We'll leave these seas for home Ah, those were the days Oh, excuse my little outburst (laughs) Oh, no, no, I want to hear more Ah, if you're sure In a little bit then Anyway Things eventually went badly in that little venture, and a bunch of us found ourselves taken prisoner by the old Druki. I'll save the tales of my uh, time with the Norse for another day, but to cut a long story short, I eventually ended up free, but destitute, on the other side of the world, in Skeggy. Now, Skeggy is a most unique place. It was founded some seven centuries ago by the Norse, and it is the largest human settlement in the New World. It is also the gateway to Lustria for us Old Worlders, and the first stop for those who wish to seek their fortune on the continent. My first impression, though, was that the port was no wealthier than the lowliest hamlet of the Chaos Wastes. It hardly fit the bill as a crossroads between the Old World and the New World. It was a mess. The roads, if they can be called that, were thick with mud, and worse. Every building I lay my hands on was either in a state of falling down or being built back up. I dare say the population was much the same. However, to my surprise, I learnt it was a much more prosperous place than it at first appeared. Money was flowing into it from two primary sources. Old coin from the east, brought by those seeking their fortune in the new world, and golden riches from the west, brought by those that had plundered the ancient ruins of the jungle. The former mostly arrives in the form of a tithe that everyone has to pay in order to moor at the port's keys. This goes straight into the pockets of everyone involved in the collecting the tithe, but it is of benefit to the port itself, as a majority of this money is used to maintain the seawall and keys as opposed to uh, enriching the inhabitants themselves or being wasted on drink, vice, and all other things nice. But, despite this apparent nod at civil organisation, the city within the sea walls is still a den of infamy, full of some of the most dangerous people you could possibly imagine. You've got to keep your wits about you and your hand near your blade at all times. That said, it is not complete bloody anarchy in the streets. Far from. There is an ever-changing hierarchy of groups and individuals vying to uh, keep off the daily death toll and forge the future of the port to best benefit themselves. The most prominent of these are the chieftains of families descended from those that had a hand in the port's founding back in the 9th century. These Norse war leaders are no less belligerent than their cousins over the sea back in Norska, but there are a few differences. For example, due to the sweltering heat, they tend to forego wearing the uh, heavy chaos armour that typifies the more successful Norse war chiefs in the north. They also often ride reptilian cold ones into battle, as opposed to horses, and this particular combination is a terrifying one to encounter on the battlefield. Let me tell you however they are otherwise equipped in a similar fashion to their cousins in norska and likewise openly display the blessings of their patron gods these are part of the uh, old guard but uh, the most common leaders in skeggy are the bands of adventurers who've got rich either raiding the coast or pillaging the lizardmen ruins in the continent's interior and they've used this wealth to set themselves up as power brokers in the port. These individuals keep their feet on the necks of those lower down the social ladder and provide something akin to uh, law and order. The rule of thumb being this. Basically, anyone that steps out of line or gets in the way gets murdered. Each of the port's many petty empires have their fingers in multiple pies and often possess many different sources of income. As a result, the place is full of dingy taverns, illicit potion dens, and marketplaces where everything is for sale, from slaves to weapons to ancient artefacts. Indeed, many of the um, more unusual items in my collection were purchased or uh, secured by other means in Skeggy. You can also hire the services of bodyguards, assassins, pathfinders and mercenaries, and the place has more brothels than anywhere I've ever been to. And I've walked the uh, streets of La so that is saying something. Ah, interesting, yeah, yeah. So what are the uh, everyday inhabitants like? Who could live under such uh, conditions? <laughs> ah, a good question. Well. The common folk of the port are like a wild river that is fed by two very different tributaries. From the East come the fresh-faced travellers from the Old World, with a glint of hope in their eyes, eager to plunge into the jungle and reap the rewards, the rich rewards no doubt, from the uh, cities of gold. From the west come the few surviving explorers who have been able to escape the depths of the green tangle that stretches out in every direction of the continent. There is no glint in the eyes of these, rather the deadened stare of those who've experienced horrors few men have had to endure. One in every hundred of these bears some treasure they have recovered from some overgrown ruin, but most of these I've spoken to truly wonder if the price they paid in blood, friends and their sanity was really worth it. Anyway, getting back to the leaders of the port. Unlike some of the cities of Norska, no single man has ruled over the people of Skegi since the days of its founding. There are just too many players in that particular game. However, that said, there have been a few moments of crisis in the settlement's history when all and sundry have united behind a single figure. Be it only until the crisis is averted, though. Indeed, Skeggy has, on numerous occasions, found itself the subject of punitive attacks by both the Lizardmen, Dark Elves and the Undead, amongst others. This is to be expected, given its status as a refuge for the most vicious and piratical Norse on the high seas. However, although each besieger has sought to reduce Skeggy to naught but smouldering ruins, each has been driven off, either back into the jungles by hordes of very angry, drunken Norse, or sent to the bottom of the bay by the ships moored at her keys. Now, neophytes, as Heinrich mentioned earlier, Lustria is a particularly humid place, but in Skeggy, the heat is wound up another six notches. You just drip with sweat from dawn till dusk. It's just a fact of life. Now, the whole area is very low on the water table. I spoke to my elf friend, Calhordis White Mane, about it. Oh, coincidentally, it was in Skeggy that I first met the exiled uh, archmage. Anyway, he said that he believed the site had once been struck by a rock from the heavens above and that this had cratered it. Actually, he was uh, stupefied that the Norse had chosen this area to build a port in, but uh, at the same time, unsurprised. He said he found it very endearing that humans were uh, always doing very stupid things, after describing us as uh, adorably silly children. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Anyway, the Norse are a stubborn lot, and rather than move their port... They went about dealing with the problems in front of them, as opposed to dealing with the root cause. They were living in a stinking hellhole. A large, contributory factor is the monsoon season, that occurs twice a year. First, and with a sudden onset, when the warmest part of the year begins, and then again, more gradually this time, as things start to cool down. Don't get me wrong, though. Lustria is hot all year round, but it's particularly sweltering during what we would call the summer. Both periods are dominated by the thunderstorms that split the sky and the near constant wind and rainfall that whips against the coast. This causes the basin in which the uh, port stands to flood, thus All of the buildings are constructed on tall stilts in order to try and keep them dry. The Norse and Skeggy, much like their forebears, still build in wood, which would be fine in drier climes, but this invariably means that the buildings they build quickly rot and the port is in a constant state of being rebuilt. At least this gives uh, what would be idle hands something to occupy themselves with, I suppose. All that said, the port was constructed upon very solid foundations. The most salient feature of Skeggy is the stockade, built by the founder of the settlement, the famous Norseman, Lost Erikson, whom I will come to in due course. Anyway, he and his men constructed this uh, stockade during their uh, second landing, and it has been built upon and expanded over the centuries since. It is now a formidable fortification that surrounds the port and has been extended outwards into the sea to create a sea wall. This has meant that the city has been able to uh, reclaim large tracts of land from the ocean floor and slowly expand seawards. This solid defensive perimeter gives the vessels within safe harbour and it is the primary reason given for the tithe that they exact from every ship moored there. Additionally, at the heart of the port stands the original mound of stones placed there to commemorate the first successful landing of the Norse. The important word there is successful, by the way. Like the seawall, this too has been built upon to create a mighty monument to the four principal dark gods of the Norse. It is a dizzying edifice, truth be told, and was something I tried to avoid looking at. There was something wrong, something disconcerting about it. To be honest, it's not a thing I care to dwell on. Anyway, not only does the port have to battle against floodwaters and rot, they also have to beat back the jungle itself. The very moment you leave the area surrounding the settlement, you are plunged straight into dense jungle and all the dangers that reside therein. Thus, the Norse that founded Skegi very sensibly cleared the jungle surrounding it, and this has been carried out every year ever since. Indeed, fail to do so, even for a year, would soon result in the indefatigable jungle, quickly reclaiming the land upon which the port stands. Now, neophytes, do you recall our earlier discussion of the diseases that ravaged the Skaven when they arrived in Lustria? Those diseases are no less lethal to humans and they are spread by the insects that infest the marshland. As a result, the odious task of uh, clearing the jungle is generally undertaken by slaves and prisoners. And, I have to say, there's not a high survival rate amongst that lot. These are not the only dangers in the marshes. The marshes themselves are in a constant state of flux as the water table rises and then recedes again with the biannual floods. This renders useless the idea of trying to create any sort of network of roads that lead out into the jungle. Thus, the jungles around Skeggy are instead crisscrossed by a hodgepodge of foot-worn tracks and paths. These offer a modicum of safety compared to wandering the depths of the jungle blindly, but uh, only a modicum, mind you. All that said, though, Despite the constant fight against the elements, since its finding, the settlement has steadily grown. Not only seawards, but also into the slowly expanding swathe of cleared land. And, Skeggy is now the biggest it has ever been. But, due to the uh, inhospitable nature of the surrounding land, the only dependable route into and out of Skeggy is by sea. But, This suits the Norsemen to a T, and from their coastal stronghold, the Norse of Skeggy launch insane raids that reach into every corner of the world. For indeed, the Norse who have grown up in Skeggy are a hardy lot, and they've become fully adapted to the sweltering climate, and adept at negotiating the jungle, and even hunting its beasts, ferocious as they are, a few, even brave the dark caves where the cold ones lay their eggs, in order to steal one of their young, rear it, break it, and then ride it into battle. Truly, the bravery of the Norse cannot be denied. Ah, well, maybe that just depends on who you talk to. Anyway, that bit of singing earlier has got me in the mood. I think I'm just going to go get my drum. Wait a moment, please, neophytes.